the whole point of bankruptcy is saying, I don't have money. Well, apparently they have half a trillion dollars. It's a shit ton of money. And, and yeah, <laughs> big picture, it's a shit ton of money. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that is a math term. This is an official math term. It's shit ton. Yeah. And, and anyway, so if you have a shit ton or half a trillion, mm-hmm. you don't need to file bankruptcy. And you don't get to file bankruptcy. And so anyway, the good news is that the second time it is dismissed. Nice. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug and Product Cases. Uh, exciting, exciting times. Always good to be <laughs> back and, and doing another show. How's how was your week? Good, good. Just slogging into August. Still really crazy hot here in Arizona for those of you not here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty miserable. I mean, we were planning on coming up to Senoida this weekend, um, and I warned Christina that I said, it's going to be crazy. Oh, don't worry. It's okay. It's okay. We'll figure it out. It won't be that bad. All of a sudden, a few a week before, they're like, oh, you know what? I think it's going to be a little hot. Like, yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> that's what I've been saying. Well, okay. First of all, we were going to be, so Sonoida is kind of, is Arizona's wine country, which people outside of Arizona don't believe that there is such a thing, but Arizona does have a wine country um, region. And apparently it is um, similar viticulturally. Viticulturally. (laughs) I don't know if that's an actual term, but the terroir is similar to um, that in Napa, California. Mm. So um, anyway, as wines go, they are apparently pretty good here in this particular area of of Arizona. So I think there's about 18 or 19 wineries now, and these are all like, you know, within a 10-minute drive of our ranch down there. So the plan had been to take you guys wine tasting um, along with Kendall, um, who's apparently, I keep saying apparently again, back off of that. All right. <laughs> Who is, is not apparent. She's definitely starting law school very soon, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's very exciting. Um, and yes, it's hot in Sonoida, but it is a whole lot less hot than it is in Phoenix. I mean, I mean, True. easily 20 degrees because it's 10 degrees cooler than it is in Tucson. And we're, pre- we're pretty much 10 degrees cooler than you guys are. That's the thing, though, is it's so unreasonably hot in Phoenix <laughs> and, and Tucson that even that 20, just pretty big, you know, 15 to 20 difference isn't necessarily make it super comfortable. I mean, it's just better. Well, it's still, it's still very hot. But if you get a breeze here or there, you stay in the shade. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's fine. We will reconvene and do our group wine tasting um, at a later date when the temperature is more conducive to your sensibilities. Yes, yes. Uh, and it worked out because we re rescheduled or I guess redid the event. Now you and Peter are coming down for medieval dinner. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm I guess, excited about this. <laughs> I know Peter's very excited about it. Um, I'm not a big turkey leg fam, but I did actually look on the website and they have vegetarian options and some other selections. Perfect. I didn't even really think of that. I just immediately, I mean, the idea of watching people joust and have a full-blown turkey leg in your hand. I mean, I was just, who who wouldn't like that? But I guess there are. Well, people. I don't mind having one in my hand. I just don't want to put it in my mouth. I just think it's nasty. I feel like if you don't want it, yeah, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Either kidding. way. No, I mean, I mean, I get it. It's it's going to be more. It will be more authentic, and I will enjoy watching you guys enjoy your big old nasty turkey legs. But yeah, yeah just not my kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, next week we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah, it I think it. we'll have some. We should have some good pictures on that too. It's going to be an entire experience. I mean, there's there's sword fighting. There's a king and a queen that comes out on like a. On a, like a dais? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's jousting. It's the entire thing. You sit in an area, so there's different, like, colored knights. You know, there's there's green, there's red, there's yellow. And then I think there's black, and the black one's always the bad guy. Oh. Um, and then you sit in, like, that section, like the color section. Your, your seats are colored, and so you're always cheering for... So do you get to pick the color when you go in, or do they just seat you randomly? I think they seat you randomly. And I'm then, not sure. Last time we went, we got there a little late, so we weren't really so you picky. You didn't have a lot of choice. Yeah, they just kind of threw us wherever they could. Um, Whoever needed extra cheering. Exactly. Extra energy. <laughs> exactly. But then it's kind of like a little bit of a rivalry, and always, you know, it's a good time. So I'm excited to have you guys experience it. I know Peter is a very, he's an exciting guy and he's he's <laughs> easily impressed, I think. And the, especially when things are as uh, exciting and impressive as this type of dinner, I think he'll... Well, I don't know if he's necessarily easily impressed, but he's very, he has this very like childlike energy. Like yeah. he just gets so happy and so excited about things. Um, it's just, a, it's very refreshing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can see he's going to be, I mean, this is going to be a new, a new and unique experience and he likes horses obviously um i'm not sure if he likes jousting on horses although you know i have to say when we were in um palm springs for a conference he had never played polo or even been to a polo match but he went and watched a polo practice mm -hmm. and then he signed himself up to take a polo class the next day <laughs> the very next day yeah so as i was as you were talking about this i'm like oh shit he's going to be signing up for jousting yeah I mean, you know, they have those crazy Renaissance festival things mm -hmm. like in parks and everything where people like, I mean, literally live their lives for this stuff and they, you know, nominate queens and kings and all kinds of craziness. Well, I shouldn't say craziness because, hey, whatever floats your boat, whatever is fun. Yeah. Well, and then there's like an entire, it's not a sport, but it's like a hobbyist type thing where people will uh, dress up with armor and they'll build their own like weapons. Yeah. And obviously it's not like sharp stuff. It's uh, usually, you know, a spool noodles as a sword or something like that. Oh, man. But they they're, they like fight with shields and stuff, and then you got bow and arrows, and there's like full wars that will go on. Well, I have heard of that, so I'm wondering, though, if there's any jousting opportunities or if Peter's going to have to instigate that. I think if there's anywhere that there would be that type of thing, it would probably be in the Arizona area, just because there's so many horses. You know, you're not going to go to New York and find a jousting arena <laughs> to, to perform in. I don't know. I don't know. You know, actually, I was I I was really shocked because when I first started kind of getting into the whole horse thing, I thought, well, of course, you know, Arizona, you know, it's the Wild West and cowboys and horses and all of this. And then I read a statistic that there are more horses, like I don't remember if it was per capita or per square foot in New Jersey than in any other state in the country. Really? Why is yeah. that? You know, well, it's totally different. I mean, so that's like the English writing and, you know, it's not like the cowboy Western writing. Yeah. Um, but I think also then you go to like, I mean, it's a wealthy area. Yeah. And I guess it's, I bet it's like per square, per, I don't know. It has to do with the space because New Jersey's so tiny. Maybe that's what it that is. That makes sense. But um, I guess it's a really big deal there. So. And I imagine the horses there are like the purebreds that you fancy, see on fancy. this green meadow that they're going across and the, and the people in the tights with the black hats. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, them. definitely. 
Uh, compared to here, it's a cowboy hat and some jeans. Torn up jeans yeah. and yeah, yeah. Different culture. Definitely different. So anyway, well, we'll definitely report back on that next week. Um, big event for at least this part of Shower Law Firm. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm excited. Christina's excited. I think we'll have a lot of fun. Uh, and it's just something unique, you know. We, we unfortunately weren't able to make the Senorita thing happen, but hey, we made something It'll happen. happen again, yeah. Well, it's, it's something. We get to hang out with you guys and have mm-hmm. some fun. And I, and I really miss Christina because she used to be coming down uh, with you for these podcasts. And now yeah. that her job does not allow for that. So no, we no. don't get to see her as much. But. Yeah, the schedule, I mean, that, we, uh, that I drive down on isn't necessarily the most kind to full eight-hour Yes. So. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. Updates on cases. What is uh, what's going on? Well, all kinds of things are going on. Um, some pretty juicy stuff. Um, one is uh, Johnson and Johnson back in the news again. Um, back in the news again. Actually, probably always in the news because just the sheer number of products and uh, well, not only over-the-counter products, but uh, medications and medical devices, um, that sort of thing that, that they produce. Anyway, um, the hot topic of recent months has been this whole um, LTL, Texas two-step bankruptcy yeah. deal that they had going on. And we talked about the fact that they basically, the, the two steps kind of tried to sidestep all of their um, liability for the talc mm. cases. They were getting hit with some really big verdicts, um, rightfully so, in my opinion. I mean, yes, I'm biased, but um, some really big bi- uh, verdicts. And so they decided what they were going to do was uh, basically create a subsidiary, call it LTL, and give it all of um, the obligations and <laughs> on the talc and a certain amount of money. And that was $2 billion back when they tried that. Um, it, it, it was objected to. Anyway, um, ultimately, the court said no and dismissed it and said, you know, this is not a company that is in financial distress. That bankruptcy is for companies that really are struggling. They cannot meet their financial mm-hmm. obligations. These guys are a behemoth. They can pay. No, they don't get to do this. And um, literally, like within three hours of that dismissal, they refiled. Oh, really? They refiled, and this time um, they put in, um, I think it was $8.9 billion. That's just so insane. I mean, it's like $2 billion, which is a ton of money, don't get me wrong, but obviously these cases are pretty massive and the damages are massive. And they're, they're under this tense of, you know, oh, we're going to go bankrupt or, you know, filing for bankruptcy, and then gets dismissed, and out of nowhere, they just pull out four times that as much money. <laughs> <laughs> which, which clearly is a sign that, that it, it was a, basically a scam. I mean, oh, here, we'll toss you $2 billion. And it's Yeah, like you said, it sounds like a big amount of money to people, but then when you look at the, the number of people that they, they killed and, and mm-hmm. hurt and injured and destroyed their lives, and the, these, these verdicts that are coming in that are multi-million dollar verdicts, you know, how many people can you cover if you're if they're getting awarded 11 million, you know? Well, and then they just have this other extra few billion uh, hide in between the couch cushions. They're like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, we do oh, have a little right. bit of extra change. We'll throw it out there. 
<laughs> yeah, so now it's up to the $8.9 billion. Anyway, they filed that like within about three hours. And they also recruited some plaintiff's attorneys who had to help clients who then kind of got on board. You know, it looked good. They were saying, yes, you know, we think we can work with this and get, the, you know, and, and uh, compensate our clients. But again, you know, there are other ways to compensate the clients other than through the bankruptcy process. You're putting this in the bankruptcy court. You're making the bankruptcy judges deal with it. And, and, mm -hmm. and the whole point of bankruptcy is saying, I don't have money. Well, apparently they have half a trillion dollars. It's a shit ton of money. And, and yeah, <laughs> big figure, it's a shit ton of money. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that is a math term. This is an official math term. It's shit ton. Yeah. And, and anyway, so if you have a shit ton or half a trillion, mm -hmm. You don't need to file bankruptcy. And you don't get to file bankruptcy. And so anyway, the good news is that the second time it is dismissed. Nice. You think next time they're going to come back, all right, guys, 20 billion. What about that? <laughs> well, at some point, it's just like, just stop. Just just come up with a settlement protocol. You know, get in there, negotiate a settlement. Other companies settle, you know, massive litigations without filing bankruptcy. Yeah. That's not what it's for. Um, and so I guess there was a motion filed at, requesting that the court prohibit them from filing again for at least six months. Nice. Yeah. So maybe give you some time in there. And, you know, and these, these other trials are going forward. But, I mean, geez, already. I mean, within three hours, I'd found that other time. Yeah, I know. That's what, exactly just... what I was going to say. It's like six months, I mean, compared to the three hours. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot of extra time they got to wait. Very impatient. Well, I mean, and it's just, you know, again, it's 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 a delay tactic. Yeah. And, and, you know, because the cases get put on hold. Um, and then and it's just a waste of time and money because all the attorneys are having to litigate this stuff and, you know, I don't know, file their motions and argue and you're taking up the time of the bankruptcy court that has a, has better stuff to do, like deal with companies that really are hurting Yeah, and, and I mean, it sounds like, too, if they already refiled in 30 hours, then they weren't really expecting this to go through, right? Like, you got to well, have... Well, they were ready. They had, their, they had plan B. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it, they didn't put all their chips in that in that pile because they're like, okay, this is unlikely, but we're ready just in case. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and another interesting point you brought up is it shouldn't be in the bankruptcy's court at all, right? Because well, exactly. And it's not something they should be dealing with. No, I mean, they should be dealing with companies that are really struggling, that are trying to restructure. I mean, there's a whole purpose of the bankruptcy code, and it's not avoiding liability when you have plenty of money. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's outrageous. I mean, it almost, you know, I mean, I want them to like slap them around and sanction them and say, you know, Eat stop. their ass. Yeah. Who, who do you think you are? <laughs> stop it already. You're wasting time. Like yeah. sanction them or something. I mean, it's like, you know, people get all mad about frivolous lawsuits. Well, this is a frivolous bankruptcy filing, if you yeah. ask me. And I mean, they want, you know, to find attorneys and clients and all this. If they file a frivolous case, fine. I agree. Well, what's this if not frivolous? Well, and and you said that they recruited a few plaintiff attorneys that said that kind of got on their side. What what is that like? I mean, if it seems like a majority of the attorneys knew that this wasn't going to be good, that it, it shouldn't be there in that first in the first situation. Um, so, how do they recruit those attorneys? Is it kind of they're a little slimy or? Well, you know, I don't, and 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 I will just preface this by saying I don't know which attorneys and which firms were on board. I know that the firm that we specifically work with was definitely not on board and was fighting this tooth and nail. Um, 
I, you know, what happens a lot of times in these litigations, they go on for a long time. And, you know, the law firms, the attorneys, they have a lot of these cases and they have their time and money tied up Mm -hmm. and they start getting impatient and they're like, let's get these cases settled already, basically get our fees and and fairly get the client's money sooner rather than later. Um, But there have, have historically been certain attorneys in certain firms, I mean, sometimes they'll call them the low-hanging fruit that they can pick off and they can start getting, you know, because they want to get it settled fast, they'll take less money. Mm -hmm. But what that does is it really can skew things. And and, and it's not necessarily fair. It's kind of quicker and easier. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so again, I mean, there may be, I mean, I can tell you, though, that even, you know, when we've been in litigations where we're like, no, we need to hold out, we need to hold out. I mean, there's always some clients who are just like, I want money now, I will take pennies on the dollar to get money now. Um, but it's not, you know, for the, for the, the group as a whole, that yeah. oftentimes is is detrimental. And and I think this kind of goes back to what we talked about last show, which was the bell. Bellwethers. The bellwethers. And so I'm assuming these, these companies will pick the low-hanging fruit for the bellwethers where it's like, look, these guys took this amount of money and it's obviously a lot lower than anyone's expecting or hoping for. And they use that as kind of an example case. Well, so the bell, bellwethers are referred to to the actual trials that happen. Oh, yeah. But but you, I, I get what you're where you're going at that that um, if they can enter into settlements with some, they'll say, oh look, we settled these cases for fifty thousand yeah. dollars a piece, um, and they're trying to use that as an example to convince other people that yeah. they should be taking that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like the bellwether trial, but but it's a similar same thing idea. that maybe yeah, it's the same idea. I mean, maybe they want they, they say, hey, we were able to do this. Um, you know, you guys should kind of fall in line. You should follow yeah. follow that ram. Makes sense. <laughs> follow the ballless ram with a bell. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, see, and this is all kind of making sense. They're the ones that don't have the balls <laughs> in this context. <laughs> so I, I guess it, you can definitely see both sides of it where, you know, there are attorneys that are putting in a lot of their time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources into it. And there's also clients that um, maybe just don't have enough time as well. You know, they want to to get that settlement out of the way. They have their bills, they have their responsibilities. And so I'm sure it's not necessarily nefarious kind of workings there, but yeah. it is interesting that there are consistent law firms or attorneys that they kind of know like, hey, these guys are probably going to be a little bit more open to uh, early and lower settlement. Well, it's true. And I think it's, you know, I mean, you can, can equate that to probably just what, what you've seen and understand too, like in the PI industry. I mean, yeah. there's certain law firms that where they know that they're not going to go to trial and they're probably going to take less money just to not litigate it and that sort of thing. And so, you know, a firm um, or attorney can get a reputation that, you know, can be problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and you have to be willing to, to you know, to, to fight it out. Um, you know, once you have... So in this kind of, you know, this comes up at different stages. So, for example, um, you know, we're talking about like a global settlement. Once there is a global settlement, you know, they come up with these, generally there will be like standard amounts for different levels of injury. And in those situations, you know, we always tell people, you know, you don't have to participate in the global settlement. Um, And in the cases that are really strong cases, really high damage cases, oftentimes it's going to make more sense for them to opt out and to take their case to trial. But that is going to be much more time consuming, um, risky, you know, difficult for the plaintiff. And so there are times once that process is underway, where you you may sit down with a client and say, look, I recommend your case is worth more than mm-hmm. what you're going to get 
doing, you know, kind of the quicker, easier route, yeah. um, I would recommend that you litigate it. But for a variety of reasons, that's they may say no. I would rather take this amount of money yeah. and have it in six months or whatever time frame it is, um, and and you know, kind of be guaranteed that that's the case than to take the risk and the time. So at that point, you know, again, clients can make those individual decisions. But mm-hmm. this is bigger. This is before you know there's any kind of settlement protocol set up. They're and trying they're, to just say like essentially put a cap on how much they're going to pay out on day one without even anything else going into it. Yeah. And so what they did the first time was they said, okay, our cap is $2 billion. Now they say our cap is $8.9 billion, but there's still a cap. Yeah. And, and again, that's, it's, that's not what this whole process is for. And so it's really infuriating. And, and, uh, and it's, it, but it's really great that they didn't get away with it because, yeah. you know, we were all like, woohoo, they didn't the first time. The judge saw through this. No way. And then, bam, they tried again. Um, and, and I think at this point, they need to just start bit, stop bidding. Yeah. I mean, the answer is no, this isn't the right process. So Well, and you mentioned, too, when we first talked about it, that it would set a dangerous precedent because then yeah. other companies would try that same exact tactic of, you know, putting a cap on the early days. Yeah, picking and, a number. Yeah. Picking them. This is what we want to pay for what we've done to these people with this product. This is it. We're going to put it in this little pile over here mm-hmm. and then oh, wow, we don't have any money. We're poor, we're broke, we're bankrupt. Ah! Yeah. And meanwhile, they have half a trillion just in... <laughs> half a trillion dollars. You know, and, and we, we were talking the other day, um, you know, about Johnson & Johnson. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's a huge company. And I think people don't even realize how many products they have out there. Yeah. Yeah, it, people don't realize that at all. I mean, we were looking up Johnson & Johnson, and I mean, I think there was like Tylenol... Some off-brand. There's some Windex. Well, actually, it's not off-brand. They have real, the, the real Tylenol is the real Johnson stuff. and Johnson is wow. yeah the original. And actually, I, I printed out a list of some of these. I mean, just some things that you may not know. I mean, Aveeno band aids. Wow. Band aids, um, Benadryl, Carefree. Yeah. You know, I mean, all those sanitary pads out there. Um, Desitin. You know, a lot of baby products. Any of the Johnson baby products. Emodium, Listerine, mm. um, Lubriderm, Motrin. Yeah. Uh, Nicorette. Wow. Uh, they seem to be hurting. <laughs> <laughs> really. They're looking for more uh, income. Yeah. Neosporin, Neutrogena, Pepsid, Rogaine, Stay Free. They've got the Carefree and the Stay Free. They've got, I mean, if you've got your period, you're, you're, you're paying them. Sudafed, uh, and, baby and oil, Visine, Zyrtec. It's I mean, just so crazy. And it's kind of scary, too, because, I mean, obviously, a lot of those things have been around for a while. There's Tylenol, Windex, Listerine. I'm not going to be too worried about those. But just the idea that this company, who has clearly acted, you know, kind of nefariously, right, in, in oh, the past, I would argue. Yeah. Um, and they have all of these different brands, medications, and just products in general yeah. under their name and getting their grubby little hands into. <laughs> grubby big hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a little concerning. Well, and those are the over-the-counter products, but, you know, they're also prescription medications. I mean, there's a gazillion of those. Well, yeah. Okay. Maybe not a gazillion, but maybe half a trillion. Half a trillion. <laughs> um, I mean, but they have, you know, uh, they, there's Arelto. They have all of, you know, hip and knee implants. I mean, they have... So many products. They're literally everywhere. Yeah. You know, and again, I mean, this isn't just baby oil and talcum powder, uh, you know, baby powder. I mean, they're everywhere. I guarantee you any single person listening to this can go into your kitchen or your bathroom. Yeah. 
you know, you're going to have multiple products. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they're not, they're not hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're worried about their bottom line. They're worried about their profits. Yeah. Right. And they, the year bonuses. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be less than the normal billions that they, yeah. that they are. So crazy stuff. But anyway, it's, um, we're on the right track, I think. And so um, I'm hopeful that at some point, um, maybe in the not so distant future, the talc claimants will see a resolution. Um, they'll give up and they'll come to the bargaining table and maybe these cases can get resolved and people can move on with their lives. Yeah. And hopefully that six month kind of cool down period gets implemented as well. Uh, so they have to wait more than three hours to refile. <laughs> well, I'm sure the judges like stop already. I mean, yeah. you can imagine. Ah, oh, here it comes again. And it's yeah. just a few billion more, and they're just going to keep going and going until <laughs> hopefully one of these days there's a number that I like. Anyway, anyways. Crazy. So what else? What else do we got going on? Um, so another thing that we had talked about, well, this is an update and also kind of on cases that we're taking, um, the Ozempic. We had talked about a lot of the problems oh, yeah. that that, um, that that was causing. Um, and now there's another one. You know, it just I think we said at the beginning, we were like, well, it's interesting because it's new and so many people are using it now mm-hmm. that we're going to start seeing whatever problems are out there. We're going to see them more quickly because it's such widespread usage, yeah. um, you know, and for questionable reasons. I mean, not 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 uh, necessarily health reasons, but a lot of cosmetic. So the the, the next problem, <laughs> the most recent, is gastro uh, gastroparesis, which is stomach paralysis. Oh. Yeah. And so one of the ways that the medication works, and it's it, Ozempic, Wagovi, um, you know, it's it's the, the several of these that are diabetes medications intended for type 2 diabetics, but now are being used by people who want to drop some quick weight. Um, and, you know, what do you call that? The TikTok drug or whatever, celebrity yeah. drug. Um, so what's happening, it, well, one of the ways that it works is that it slows the stomach's emptying. So it keeps the food in your stomach longer, um, and so you feel fuller, um, and that ha- that contributes to some of the side effects people are talking about where they feel nauseous all the time, they vomit, I mean, because stuff is just sitting there in their stomachs for a long time. Yeah. Um, but so the extreme uh, version of that is actual stomach paralysis. So, and I'm assuming from what it sounds like is like you eat food and then it just sits there and your stomach doesn't know what to do with it. It can't move. It can't process it and push it through. Right. I mean, it's it's supposed to slow it down. Yeah. But what it's doing is it's just basically freezing up in some situations and people, um, and that's part of the reason why people just have to vomit. I mean, it's not passing, yeah. it's not passing through their system. Um, and it can, and, and it's not, sometimes if you stop taking the drug, the, the condition will subside, but what they're seeing is that it doesn't always. Jeez. And so this can be a permanent and, and really debilitating condition um, and something that's not warned about. So there are cases getting filed now um, <clears throat> for this particular condition. We talked about the gallbladder yeah. issues, and so there are gallbladder cases, and now there are also the um, uh, gastroparesis cases. And so what do, what do you do if that happens? I mean, you got to get that food through at somehow, but if your stomach's just not processing it and not, not doing what it needs to do, you know, what, you just squeeze your, your waist a little bit, help it out? I mean, what? Well, no, I don't think that that works, and I'm not sure about it. <laughs> I don't think so either. So it's just banter there. Yes, yes. I'm not sure exactly what they do, but I know that they, you would need to get medical treatment, and they're saying that it could be permanent. So, um, you know, it could, you know, really affect your ability to eat normal food and yeah. to digest and that sort of thing. Um, one of the other... Uh, 
issues that this is causing that can be life-threatening. Um, and one of the ways I think they kind of figured out that this was going on is that, you know, when you have a surgery, doctors always tell you that you need oh, to yeah. fast. Mm -hmm. And the reason that you need to fast is because if you have food in your stomach when you're under anesthesia um, and you can you basically start to vomit, you can aspirate yeah. and then it can get into your lungs. Mm. And that's really bad because, you know, the, the stomach acids, your lungs can't handle that. Oh, no, yeah. So people can get um, uh, pneumonia um, or, I mean, it can be life-threatening. So it's very serious. And so what they were seeing is that they were telling patients to, you know, to fast before surgeries and they were still having this occur because their stomachs were full. Mm -hmm. And so now what they're saying is that they don't even know how long they should tell patients, but, they're, but they want them to come off of the medication for at least a week before a surgery, yeah. um, whether that's gonna work or not. Again, the, the anesthesiologist saying, you know, we don't know, that again, this is like a new thing, mm -hmm. but it's, it can be life-threatening. Yeah. And is there even a way to check, I guess like an x-ray to see if there's still food in your stomach or is it, you know, they ask them to get off the medication for a week. What if that stomach paralysis is ongoing and the week doesn't actually matter that much? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're saying that they don't, right now the recommendation is just a week, but it may be um, that they have to change that. So I'm not sure exactly what they would do to, to check it out. And I mean, how you would basically treat it. I will have to say. Yeah, and I, I think I thought of a question here because going back to what we said where with more people using it, it's likely that there's going to be more issues that come up. What is, and, and, and all these lawsuits kind of come around them not being warned about these risks. Right. And obviously they test the drug and they look for all the side effects and try to find it. But is it... If there's something that is only going to come out one in a thousand, one in ten thousand cases, and you, I mean realistically, you're not going to find that in the early testing phases. It's going to wait until it hits the market and it's widespread. So with Ozempic and I guess drugs in general, you know, is there a certain level of likelihood of getting something where it's like it, it's not even realistic for the company to have known about it? Well. They, they, yes, um, definitely. I mean, there are some things, you know, and, and again, there's requirements on the testing that they're doing and the number of people and that sort of thing. Um, and the rules are just that basically they, I mean, once it gets approved, they have to warn of the things that they know about mm -hmm. um, or that there's an indication that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so this is one where they don't warn about, but they, they know about the stomach, about the, I mean, the whole way that it works is yeah. one of the ways that it works is slowing the emptying of the food from the stomach. So it, it seems likely that, you know, you can have this mild or extreme and the extreme is this gastroparesis mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that they likely had information that this did happen, um, on occasion. And what you have to warn about is going to have to do with not only how often or how, how often it is or how likely it is to happen, but also the severity yeah. because, you know, I mean, if it's feeling slightly nauseated and it hap you know, it happens, uh, I don't know that happens a lot, but um, if it's something that's really bad, even if it happens very infrequently, you should be warned about it. Yeah. So, and, and again, we won't, well, we don't know exactly how often it's going to happen with these newer drugs because they just haven't been out there that often. But if there's any yeah. chance of certain things that are life-threatening, those are things you should warn about. I'd want to know. Yeah, because I think the Ozempic is a good example of that because 
you know, one, one thing that we talked about when we originally went over this was that they're struggling to get enough Ozempic out there. People with diabetes are now oh, yeah. struggling Can't to get, get this it. drug because there's people without it that are using it for, for other reasons. Um, so it's obviously clear they weren't expecting it to be this widely used. And so when there's this many more people than they had expected, it makes sense for there to be issues that come up that they didn't see or might have not known about. Well, I guess, you know, when you say that that um, they, they didn't expect it to be this widely used, I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the commercials for um, uh, for Ozempic. No, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, they're they're interesting because they're they're all like, oh, and you might lose weight, too. I wow. mean, oh, yeah. So they, like, partly advertise it, too. Yeah, you know, everybody in the world wants to lose weight. I mean, all right, I'm exaggerating, but not very much. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, you know that. I mean, a drug that would make you lose weight is going to be a, you know, gazillion, you know, more appealing than another one. Well, and so, so I question whether they didn't really, you know, encourage people to use it for that. Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if they have anything to do with, you know, the the influencers and all of those people who are, I mean, they're not sad about this. They're not (laughs) sad about people being willing to pay out of pocket cash to get more than they can make. Struggle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they will manage to put their half a trillion dollars into, okay, well, I shouldn't say half a trillion (laughs) because not the same company, but they will put a lot of money into making these because they can sell them. Yeah. And it's expensive, like 10 grand a year. I mean, you know, and you get a lot of people on this. So, so I, I guess I'm a little, I'm just, I would be a little bit skeptical um, thinking that they didn't know that this was a huge selling point to, yeah. the, to the drug. Yeah, I mean, and that's so terrifying, the stomach paralysis. I mean, I guess for people that are taking it to lose weight, that's a little bit of a bonus. Like, hey, now you're going to struggle to ever put weight on because of it. Well, and then you're going to die. <laughs> Has that happened if people are dying from well, paralysis? Well, I don't. No, I, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that that there would be other things that would be factoring into it. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you can't sustain yourself, you know, it's yeah, you have an In-N-Out burger on Monday, and then it's still sitting in your stomach in Thursday, Friday. <laughs> yeah. That, that does. Well, either or you vomit it out because there's just no room anymore. It's not going through, so it's coming up. And doesn't it like destroy your throat when you you vomit in your teeth too? That happens well, with a bulimia a lot, yeah. right? Well, no, there's there's that. Um, and there's the dehydration because people are constantly, you know, I mean, which is oh, super yeah. dangerous. I mean, um, because all of the fluids are coming out and when you can't keep food down, I mean, ultimately you can die. Yeah. So. God, that's terrifying. I know. Just like an, a, another thing with this. And, and you know, I've, I've, we may be updating this every week. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big drug. It's being used a lot more now. I think it's just recently that it's come to, you know, the public purview. It's public light of just how widely used this is, uh, how widely of a problem, how big of a problem this yeah. really is. Yeah. Um, and it's getting worse and worse because more and more people are using it. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Is uh, any other updates? Um, well, those are kind of the update updates. Um, so we can kind of ho- we can hop into what. Um, uh, well, our topic of the week, um, as advertised, was uh, uh, summertime injuries. And we kind of decided to focus on this because I was looking at a case in the news last week um, involving a horrible sea accident. Um, and these are like the jet skis. And are they called sea Well, that's one of the brands. Yeah, oh. that's a, a, a manufacturer, sea uh, Yeah, I feel like just jet ski accident. 
Yeah. Well, it's like Kleenex and tissues, I guess. There's a Sea-Doo is the specific brand. Yeah, but a lot of people, like depending where you're at, they'll just call a tissue Kleenex. Because right, there's, right, right. But no one calls, oh, let me hop on that Sea-Doo. <laughs> you, you use your Sea-Doo this weekend? Well, they might if they're really proud because they have the original brand. Yeah, if they're an enthusiast, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So um, this came up because there was a, a lawsuit that was filed um, a couple of weeks ago over a Jersey Shore incident involving the Sea-Doo jet ski mm-hmm. um, um, with a really serious injury. And it involved a um, woman who was riding on the back of this of the jet ski. Does it have something to do with the propeller, like any of that? Actually, this one doesn't. Oh, this one. God. That's that. I know Those, the boat injuries are just horrifying. Yeah, I know. I've seen some some of those cases, and they're they're pretty bad. Um, but this is pretty horrendous as well. What happens, and and it turns out that this is not an unusual. Um, injury, but when you if you fall off of the back, if, if a woman particularly falls off of the back of the sea-doo, um, in in the path, um, that water that's just being propelled um, basically hits you in the lower body and. So the, the description in this case, so it's a propulsion system and the force of the water caused, quote, massive mutilating injuries to her lower body, orifices and internal organs. Jesus. And, you know, as I was reading this and this, I actually hadn't heard of this particular injury and I was really horrified by it. Um, and then, so I Googled it and it turns out that it's not an uncommon injury and it's called a douche injury. Hmm. And so it's that water that just hits and, and it's, it, it, it just basically um, destroys the person. And so what, what happens is you're, you're having this horrible internal bleeding. I mean, you potentially can bleed out right there in the water if you're not getting, you know, yeah. if they don't get you out and get you emergency treatment. Um, but even with emergency treatment, there's like multiple surgeries. Um, people end up with colostomy bags having to self-catheterize. Oh. I mean, basically it's completely destroyed. Yeah. And, um, and it's, so it's the, the horrifying thing and what was so shocking to me when I started researching it is that this happens, that there's just numbers of, of these cases. Mm-hmm. So they know that this happens and, um, there are ways. So the lawsuit, is, it, this lawsuit is against, um, the manufacturer and it's a design defect mm-hmm. claim. So they're saying that the way that this is designed is unreasonably dangerous, um, which, yeah, um, and and they do, some of them do have these little, I guess, warning stickers that say that when you're using these, um, you know, when you're riding on these, you should wear a wetsuit. I mean, Interesting. I mean, again, these things are being used, you know, you're out at the beach, you're in the Bahamas, you're in Florida, you're in the Jersey Shore, whatever, you're hopping on these things, you're out there this summer in a little bikini no, I'm in Mexico. You just hop on it, and it's like what thirty bucks for an hour, something like that. And they bring it out to you. It's it's very casual. No, right, right. And so nobody was wearing wetsuits on these things. And I can't even imagine that the say these rental companies aren't like. I mean, you're not going to be at the Jersey Shore and just happen to have a wetsuit with you in the middle of the summer. No. So I mean, are they offering somebody wetsuits? I doubt that. Yeah. Um, but there, then you get the whole failure to warn argument too. Um, and, and in any of these cases, like where you're renting, um, you know, boats, um, jet skis, 
you know, uh, whatever products, there's always, you know, the, there's a potential liability for the person, the rental company as well. You know, they are also going to have an obligation to warn of dangers. Yeah. Usually uh, there's train. a waiver. Well, yeah, we can get to the waiver issue also. Um, but what these companies, they, they need to, um, you know, warn you and they need to give you some training, um, well, and, and the other thing that I think that comes up in a lot of these cases is that they just are haphazardly renting these things to people who are oftentimes like completely drunk. Oh, yeah, I bet. Right? I mean, and so, um, the, I mean, this is one type of injury, but with these jet skis, a lot of the injuries are them hitting people or Jesus. crashing into each other. I mean, there have been multiple deaths and horrible injuries oh. that, that aren't from this particular um, type of situation. Mm-hmm. But and before we move on from that, just on on this actual SIDU case, um, the 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 really strong argument in my mind about the design defect um, is that there's no like seat back, and so when somebody falls off backwards, right, in, you know, right behind it, and I can just kind of see you fall back, and you're like, ah, you know, kind of splitting yeah. legs kind of thing. I could see how that could happen, um, as opposed to if you fall off on the side, and if you had an appropriate seat back, like if you think about like with um, motorcycles, yeah. right, um, then then the person would be more likely to fall sideways, yeah. and they wouldn't have that propulsion injury that, that water wouldn't be hitting them like that yeah even just like a small little uh backing to it doesn't yeah. have to be like the big ones it's just something that kind of throws you to the side and it keeps you from going back. straight backwards and yeah. how easy would that be and how many you know people would you potentially save from this horrendous injury and sometimes death that makes sense and so yeah. is it just sea do this specific jet ski brand because i feel like i uh, have never seen a jet ski with that little back. And I'm assuming this is something that can happen no matter what brand it is. Oh, yeah. No, any brand. And, and you're right. I haven't seen one that has that either. And any and all of them really should be. It, because this isn't common enough injury that they have a name for it and that they're actually warning and saying, yeah. you know, in small print or whatever, you know, <laughs> protect yourself, wear, wear a wetsuit. They know about it. And why not just, um, you know, people aren't going to wear the wetsuit. That's yeah. just not the option. And so you know, put the seat back on. How how much more difficult could that be? No, that makes sense. So so what is is what stage is that case in right now and how's it looking? So the the one in the Jersey Shore was just recently filed um, and so that was in the news. But then when I looked at it there were a number of cases where that had gone to trial and that had been resolved with similar with similar injuries. And resolved, is it like they're settling outside of court? Yeah, or? yeah. They could be settled or or uh, and and again with multiple defendants. I mean there'll be the manufacturer on the the, the um, failure or the design defect, but then there also could be, um, you know, the, the negligent entrustment, um, failure to warn on yeah. behalf of, of also the rental agencies. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, the injury there is so horrendous and, yeah. and debilitating. I can't even imagine. And, you know, it makes sense that there is a lot of issues with jet skis, especially because, I mean, you look at them, how fast they go, there's no like protection or anything like that. You can fly off and, uh, and it, once you add alcohol to the equation, too, I can see a lot of potential yeah. problems coming up. Yeah. Well, and, and, and as you may realize that one of the reasons that this caught my attention was our experience on a yeah. jet ski. <laughs> It was a while ago. ago. Yeah, it was a little while ago, and we happened to be in Maui, and uh, we were um, with uh, actually Valerie and JP, um, and you really wanted to drive. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I went to Mexico several times before it, and I've driven my own whenever uh-huh. I w- went to Mexico. But was this before the Maui? Because you were like 14 or – it was 14 or 15 when we were Maui. Yeah, well, what you do, because they don't technically let you in Mexico, mm-hmm. but what would happen is I would drive out there with my dad, and then he would hop on someone else's, and then I would go solo around. Yeah. So they didn't know about it, and I'm not supposed to. In Hawaii, uh, they were a lot more um, – Attentive. To well, we had to tell them you were sixteen. Yeah, I do recall that. Well, and that was just to drive it. I couldn't. I don't think I could drive have my own until I was eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know you were driving it, and I was on the back. Yeah. And luckily, when you took a crazy fast turn, yeah. I was thrown off to the side. <laughs> Which is pretty scary. Um, in fact, the whole thing turned over, I think, didn't it? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I might have. You got yeah. back. And so after that, I then got on Valerie's. I was like, I'm not riding with him anymore. And so yeah. you, you drove the thing on your well, that's own. That's like the most fun part is just going absurdly fast and not knowing if you're going to fly off in the next turn or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But, I mean, and and so when you say that, I mean, that's, that's the common... Uh, thing. I mean, that's yeah. exactly. People get on these things because they want to drive fast. They want to have fun. Um, and, and you know, I do remember them saying, you know, about when you fall off and if it turns over what to do and everything. So they actually kind of expected you to fall off. Yeah. Um, but they didn't, I guarantee you, they didn't say anything about if, if you fell off straight backwards, what could happen. Yeah. I mean, that, that would have been memorable to me. And that was not explained. And, you know, again, luckily we fell off to the side and probably that happens a lot. But, you know, in these cases, so when you're doing the turn, you know, if you're making a big turn, then yeah. you're likely to fall off at the side. But I mean, when you take off, that's, and if somebody's not holding on. Well, also when you're going, especially if you're going against the current, when you're going straight, you're going up and down, you're mm-hmm. slamming into the waves. Yeah. You can easily just fall just backwards. Bounce. Yeah, that's true. Well, and the other thing is that there aren't hand grips either. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I mean, so again, another thing that, that, another way to make it safer. And these things just don't seem that complicated. I mean, the, the, the seat back makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, having some, some hand grips too. I mean, in one of the cases they were talking, I think it might have been this specific one that she, she didn't, you know, she wasn't kind of ready and braced when the driver took off. So she threw off backwards. Yeah. So at that point, if she wasn't ready, she wasn't going to be holding on. Um, but still, that that seatback would have would have saved her in that case. So. I feel like it comes from an aesthetic point of view of like why they didn't want to add it because jet skis do have a very like sleek and, and or aerodynamic like it's yeah. gonna like somehow that's gonna add some drag and you're not gonna go quite as fast yeah. i mean come on i mean it still should be there regardless for safety reasons but i guess i feel like that's probably where their mindset is at yeah i guess i don't know but i will just say that i've not been on one again since that time <laughs> It's a good time. It's been a while. It's been a while. I want to go to Mexico soon and experience it. And I'm, I, although I am terrified of uh, descent, like out in the middle of the ocean. Like that's one thing is I love jet skis. I love driving. I'm not a big boat fan. Uh-huh. Uh, but one of the reasons I don't want to go on a cruise is just the idea of being out so far out in the middle of the ocean and what's down in the ocean. I think it's <laughs> like we've only we've only um, explored like hand. Uh, it's under ten percent I know of the ocean of the ocean floor especially that's terrifying you don't know what's down there and sharks and giant squids well then there's like a couple of the movies about these megalodons that they are you know yeah meg two's coming out oh okay she's coming have you out. seen these no no that's like one of the really cheesy action movies that i don't yeah. like where there's no real story or like character development it's just it throw a cgi at you and hopes that you walk away like wow that was cool 
Uh, I don't like this. I like the real shark movies. Like actually, one of the most memorable movies I think I've ever seen is called Open Water. Have you ever seen that one? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so it involves, and it's based on a true story, which is so terrifying too. But it's this couple, and they're out on a um, snorkel. No, it was a, a diving tour. So yeah, scuba diving tour, and they. Yeah, the, I mean, it's sloppy. I don't know. It's in Mexico or some third world country. I don't know where. Um, but when they are collecting everybody to go back, um, they don't do the they don't do the count, and two people are left out at sea um, in open Terrifying. water. Terrifying. Yeah. Like that's nightmare fuel right there. Just I, well, forgotten about in the middle of the ocean, and you just it's so. How do you even find someone that's just out there? Yeah, I mean, don't. it's it's a very intense movie, and it's I mean. I, I, I like it. I've seen it a few times. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And, you know, they're out there. And, of course, you know, sharks start coming around. And, yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend that anyway. But, I mean, it will only, you know, feed your fears. That you... <laughs> yeah, I think of uh, Soul Surfer because that movie was really big oh, when I was yeah. younger. Is that was the one who had her arm bitten? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then she was like a famous uh, surfboarder. Surfer, yeah. And she's just out there chilling. And all of a sudden, boom, arm taken off. Uh, that is terrifying. But I mean, she came back and she continued surfing, yeah. and I mean, that did not dissuade her from. I mean, that's a, that's a real passion for surfing. It is. I mean, her story is impressive for sure, but uh, just that experience overall, uh, terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> we back. A, we got a little off track there, didn't we? Well, although actually, not really, because we were talking about you know, kind of summer injuries and things that tend to happen in the summer, and so one of the categories, of course, are beaches and swimming, um, and so yeah, sharks would be one of them. I, uh, I don't know. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that there's nobody to sue because, again, you know, if it's a, a beach where they have sp spotted sharks and haven't warned about it, usually, you know, you'll see all the signs. And mm -hmm. um, but uh, that's a less likely to. Who would you even sue? Like the city for that? I mean, there's that not many. That would be pretty. Yeah. I mean, there's all, you know, there's all kinds of, of protections with recreational, uh, with, with governmental recreational yeah. facilities, that sort of thing. If it was a private situation, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and definitely you take a, a private scuba diving uh, a tour and they abandon you in the middle oh of the ocean. God. That's a big fat lawsuit. I'll take that case. Did they get found or did they just die out there? They died. Oh my God. In the movie, did they die too? Yeah. Wow. You'd think that a movie would try to have like a positive ending to it. But well, it was it, a true story. It was yeah. a true story. Well, I even with true stories, they kind of like, hey, it's not that bad, guys. You know, yeah. Well, this is going to, this will spoil it, but now I have to tell you because it's so intense. But, yeah. Um, you know, what? The, so the sharks come by and of course, you know, one gets nicked and the... Oh, then it's game over. Once there's game. a little bit of blood, what is it? It's like two mile radius, all the blood yeah. wake up. But the, the, the thing that was so intense to me, so it's the, the husband, um, he's eaten and the wife is still there and, <gasps> and she knows, uh, you know, it's just a matter of time. And so what she does is she... Um, I don't know how they do it. I'm, I'm not a diver, but she does whatever she does that she just sinks herself because she just wants to drown. She doesn't want to stay and be. Yeah, for, for sure. I just don't know how you would do that. Well, there's something with, with um, uh, scuba equipment where you, you know, you, oh, yeah. you, there's something that takes you down and then something that brings you up again. I don't know the, the, the situation on that. But I mean, she basically does whatever it is and you just see her go down and she's just like, 
you know, she wants to drown. Rather, uh, I mean, Fuck yeah, I mean, me too. Yeah. You watch know, your significant I mean, other get eaten by sharks, and either you're surrounded by blood, and you know it's just a matter of time. And and dying from a shark, I mean, I feel like that just has to be one of the most gruesome ways to yeah. die as well. You know, what they take a piece of you, come up for air, you're sitting there struggling, and just yeah. slowly dismembered. Uh, well, and then at the end of the movie, um, you know, they, they catch a shark and you know how they slice them open and... Oh, my God. And there's out, like an out, arm comes out. Come like, you know, the fins. Yeah. And the... It, I, I always think it's crazy, too, is like when that happens, like this happened in Soul Surfer, too, is they try to find the animal, cut it open and reattach. Ah, well, that's a little limb. late. I swear that it, this happens, though. And, it, and it, it, it... I can't imagine. I mean, they even, say, even if you lose a finger, you have to put it on ice. And it's like, if you don't get it to the hospital in like 30 minutes, you're done. I mean, you're going to catch a shark and open it up what well, happens with like crocodiles crocodiles will do their death rolls which is also another gruesome oh, thing God, take yeah. an arm take a limb and then they'll go out there hunting for it try to oh. get it <laughs> and saying anyways that's pretty off topic that is crazy well all right so so to get back on, on topic um so there are um it's Lots of things that are, I guess, more likely, more cases that are more likely to be happening in the summer. And, you know, we talked a little bit about boating. Um, again, there's lots of people out, you know, on the lakes, um, renting boats, owning boats, um, driving boats, inebriated, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Rife with, with lawsuits, as you, you might imagine. And then those propeller cases, those are just, God. those are pretty horrifying. And is that usually like the driver that's getting sued? Is it the, if they're renting it, I'm assuming that's like the renting agency? Yeah, I mean, usually it's going to be the driver initially, you know, and some people have their own boats and they're going to have their insurance. Um, but then, you know, again, if there's a rental agency, um, they're going to have certain responsibilities. And, you know, in some of the cases involve um, boats and things that are not well maintained. So there's that argument. Oh, yeah. um, and then the product itself may be designed, like we talked about with the, the, the sea dues. Um, yeah, so, so those are some, some big ones. Oh, and then, and of course, like pools. Pools yeah. and private pools and uh, water and parks. I'm water sure. parks. Yeah, and it was interesting. I was reading they were talking about you know th- that there are safety standards um, at at these places, and um, that you, you have to you know there's a certain number of of lifeguards per number of people um, that are that's recommended that you know would would meet the standards, and then like the time frame within which you need to respond to. Um, to somebody who's in distress. Yeah. And I think they were saying like, um, uh, one of the standards I think was like within 20 or 30 seconds, you need to be at least trying to um, provide assistance. Jeez. So, you know, again, you know, if, if you have one of these facilities and you hire lifeguards, they need to be on the ball. They need to be paying attention. They yeah. need to be not checking out, you know, the women in the hot bikinis and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, in some of the water parks, like I've seen the wave machines, Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, that is body to body in there. The amount of people and like, especially if they're in the tubes and then the tubes yeah. are just body to body in there. Having even a handful of lifeguards, like that's just so many people to be keeping an eye on. It's hard to see underneath the water. And if someone's drowning, I mean, hopefully they're, you know, struggling, but at some point they're, yeah. you know, under the water. Well, and that's the other thing too. There's probably, you know, a maximum number of people that is safe yeah. under the circumstances. And if they, 
are exceeding that, that's going to be, you know, a potential claim. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if somebody is injured at one of these facilities, I mean, you want to talk to somebody and see there are a variety of different ways that you might look at it um, and, and different standards that would apply. So it's important, um, you know, to talk to somebody and, you know, you might think, oh, gee, well, I mean, I went into this water park and I signed a waiver. And again, you know, waivers aren't always enforceable. Yeah. Um, many, many times they're not. And um, they, you know, you, you think, oh, I can't do anything. I signed it. But that's, you know, oftentimes not the case. So it's important to yeah. to uh, check it out. I would imagine there's a lot of problems to a water park just because, I don't know, you know, I used to love them as a kid. And <laughs> then course. as I grew up, I realized just how kind of grimy they can be and are. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like the... When you're walking around outside the slides, you can see nuts and bolts hanging out. And then, you know, when you're in the big pools, you just know you're swimming in a cesspool of, of urine and probably someone's poop somewhere. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you know, with all these kids and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. And uh, just so many bodies, so many kids, so just so much going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was um, in the news, one of the cases I was looking at, and this just happened recently um, in, uh, oh, it was a, a, a settlement. Um, this happened in, in Georgia, somewhere near Atlanta at this Margaritaville water park. Um, and I, it, this the incident actually happened three years ago, but it just got settled. It involved a four-year-old boy um, who was apparently um, drowning and um, I think they didn't, oh, the park staff didn't respond for an estimated 10 minutes. You know, this poor, poor uh, child um, is completely, I mean, he requires round-the-clock care. I mean, he had, uh, you know, a brain injury. Yeah. I mean, you're down for 10 minutes. That's just crazy. Um, apparently, as they're saying, he'll never be able to walk, talk, eat, care for himself. Um so very significant. And at that same place, there had been a death a few years before that, where a father and son both drowned. The son was drowning. The father tried to save him, and the father ended up drowning. Um, so, you know, really crappy lifeguarding there yeah. at that point. The brain damage situation is so terrifying and, and so crazy to me because someone can what, be without oxygen just for one, two minutes, and the mm-hmm. type of damage that it can yeah. do is, is just shocking. Yeah. And it's unpredictable, right? Like sometimes there's not that much damage and sometimes there's a lot in a short amount of time. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes it it depends on a short amount of time, but as you get into 10 minutes, I mean, that's that's bad news. Hmm. I didn't even know Margaritaville had water parks. Yeah. I guess they have like a beach. Yeah. I wonder, you know how water parks have like that big toilet bowl one where you slide around a circle. I wonder Uh if it's just like a big margarita glass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> salt around the rim. Well, yeah, it, it seems like kind of a bad, bad idea to be equating alcohol with the water park to yeah, start with. I mean, and then you're going to say, well, I didn't know everybody was drunk. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're selling margaritas right now. Oh, 100%. Too. Yeah. And the amount I piss when I drink as well. Oh, <laughs> those pools have to be even more of a cesspool than the usual ones. <laughs> oh, sounds scary. Well, that's, that's interesting. And I, and I think it makes sense that there's a lot more injuries during summer. I mean, everyone's just out, they're, they're traveling, they're doing the things that they've been waiting yeah, well, to do. Well, you're on vacation, so you're doing all of these kind of fun and crazy yeah, things. Crazy you're saving things. up money for that stuff too. So yeah. it, it does add up and it makes sense to be a little bit more careful 
and uh, observant, I guess, around those times. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I know here in Arizona, kids are back to school this week. So really? the beginning of August. Yeah, I know it's usually different um, on the East Coast. They start later, sometimes even closer to Labor Day. But here yeah. we let out so early, like in May. So kids are back in school. So maybe some of these uh, injuries and types of incidents will will lessen. Although it's still, you know, as we said at the beginning, ridiculously hot here and people are trying to stay in the water as much as possible and yeah. pools and, you know, and of course pools that you, you can have private pools in people's homes as well. Um, and, and I mean, there's all kinds of crazy incidents that happen and, and that those cases oftentimes, um, would be compensable under homeowners policy and, yeah. you know, and of course I feel actually quite lucky that in, in your multitude of parties in our pool that we've never had a lawsuit. I'm shocked as well. <laughs> very thankful, but... Uh, I'm very thankful. Yeah, I mean, many of the parties that I didn't know about, we'll just add that, but I heard yeah. about it uh, afterwards. I can promise we did not have any lifeguards on duty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Should have, though. We are coming to a close here on the show. Uh, do we have any questions? We do have a question. Um, oh, and I think I've, I've lost mine, but our question was about social media and how does social media impact my case, um, which is a really good question and something that um, when you know, I, I've always talked to people about it very, very early on um, to not get on social media when you're involved in a, in a lawsuit. I mean, anything and everything that you post can certainly be used against you. Um, I can't tell you how many cases there have been where, um, you know, people do have serious injuries. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, you don't post. Social media isn't everything that's happening in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's only the good. Yeah. And so when you post all of these still positive good things, it's very easy for the defense attorney or the insurance company to say, well, look, you know. They're on they, a jet ski out here yeah. in the middle of Hawaii. They Obviously, your back isn't hurting so bad or obviously yeah. those sorts of things. Um, and, and, and again, it's just, just, you know, they will use anything and everything. So just be very careful about, um, about social media. And even when you're not involved in a lawsuit, um, you know, keep your accounts private and, yeah. you know, and, and think about what you're posting, you know, back in, back in the day, we didn't have to worry about, uh, worry about back that. Back in my day. Back in the good old days. Oh, we used to have to send a letter to say hello. <laughs> I was just talking to Peter the other day about we were talking about how with, with you would take pictures and you had no idea if the shots were good or not. You had to, you know, take the film to the drugstore and wait for four or five days to get the pictures processed and then look at them and see if there were any good ones yeah. or not. There was none of this instant gratification. and That's true. Yeah. No filters as well. Uh, well, that's true. Sure. Uh, on the top of your social media, though, yeah, I think that's something to always be wary about because I'm sure there's a lot of situations, too, where they post it. And even if they, like, have an idea to be careful, they can skew certain things in just the perfect way that they want to and frame it and then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be a little slippery with the way that they present information. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think any attorney is going to tell you that if you're involved in a lawsuit, shut down all of your social media um, uh, you know, and, and one of the things, you know, in, in, um, so what comes up in a lot of the mass torts as well, but for example, um, when in the taxatier cases, so that was, that was, this was the, um, breast cancer medication that caused permanent hair loss rather than temporary hair loss and was not warned about. Um, but there were like 
actual support groups for women who had experienced this permanent hair loss. Um, and it would, that was on Facebook. And so one of the things is they, we had to like download our clients, Facebook accounts. Um, also, you know, pictures because for the, the, um, issue there was this permanent hair loss and they wanted before pictures of the mm-hmm. person to see what their hair looked like before. And then, um, during their treatment and after. And so any of these photographs, I mean, basically it's, they, they get to get everything. Yeah. So, you know, you just need to be aware of that, that if you're posting these things, they may, you know, come back and, and, um, be used against you. Mm. Super unfortunate, but that's something I didn't really think about, but it makes sense for no matter what type of case or what case it is to just be better careful than sorry and yeah. sign off for a few weeks, a few months. Year yeah, too. exactly. It's better for mental health as well. Well, yeah. I mean, then the, we we talk about those cases too, especially for you know teens and young adults. Yeah, very dangerous. All right. Well, uh, I guess we should probably start to close it up. Is yeah. there any teasers or sneak peeks for next week's show? Well, I thought we would talk about. Um, dram shop cases so which which is an interesting term just in and of itself but basically it involves the liability of bars and restaurants for serving alcoholic beverages um, when an injury occurs then subsequently Um, you know not a drug not a product case per se but it's something that comes up a lot we see a lot of those cases um, and it's just a, an interesting topic. So that would get it. Yeah. I think that is interesting because I know they're supposed to like only serve two drinks or like some places have really specific restrictions, but I know I've gone to restaurants and I've slammed like four or five and they're, they're still pushing more on me and not <laughs> looking for that, uh, gratuity. Yeah. So uh-uh. an interesting topic. So that way jump into that. And of course, I'm sure there will be lots of other things that come up between now and then that we will just need to talk about. Yes. As always. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another week of Prioritizing Profits. It uh, felt like it was a good show. We will be back next week. Exactly. Absolutely. Same time, same day. Uh, throw us a follow. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it is. Definitely uh, throw us a follow. Keep up to date with all of the potential risks and uh, just ongoings in the, the mass tort world and as well as just little stuff here and there. Um, and then if you have any questions, feel free to ask them in the comment section of wherever you're seeing it. Uh, we keep an eye on just about everything. And then if you, you know, don't want uh, too much attention on that question, <laughs> fully understand, you can email info at uh, showeredlaw.com or podcast, podcast at showeredlaw.com. Um, and we'll definitely talk about your question and, and keep you anonymous. But other than that, I think that's it for us. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Prioritizing profits. Prioritizing, prioritizing, prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases.